Have you ever taken anything back out of the dirty clothes basket because it had become, relatively, the cleaner thing? How many things are there, at this moment, in the wrong room? Cups in the study, boots in the kitchen, and how many on the floor of the wrong room? Thus ran the most remembered thing I have ever written, an article on sluts in The Observer in 1963. I discussed how we sluts could outwit our doomed condition using Indian ink instead of darning wool when our black stockings had holes, giving up any idea of little white collars, bulk buying since we would never remember to replace stuff in time. It had an amazing response. Readers wrote in to say, Yes, yes, that's exactly how I am. One said hers was the only baby in Ryslip with blue nappies. Another had found she was wiping the kitchen table with the kitten. Another rejected the notion of resorting to aspirin tablets when the button was off one suspenders, as sluts never have any, using gin for headaches instead. She said she had used the buttons off her husband's pyjamas until he sewed them on again. Why should that article have had such an impact? This was a turning point. We were poised at the moment when writing for women ceased to be a matter of exhorting them to be perfect, at the stove, round the cradle, head down in the broom cupboard if necessary, and started telling it how it really was, a confusion of purposes, a mess, against which we all struggle. It was ceasing, too, to be a separate ghetto occupied only by women. George Seddon, when he was made the woman's editor of The Observer, was required by the editor, David Astor, to create some serious women's pages. Before that, they'd had just the fashion, expertly done by Alison Settle, and a recipe column by a bloke who wrote a syllabub, and that was all. George had taken the pioneering ideas of Mary Stott of The Guardian and moved them on. He thought such pages should cover anything and everything that wasn't work. Food, yes, clothes, certainly. But also human relationships, visits to the dentist, holidays good and frightful, struggles with babies and children, gearboxes and hairdressers, bosses and fathers, bed and board. I had the great good luck to be part of all this, as George commissioned me to write one of the first such personal columns. But it took me a while to get there, and I wasn't a child of the sixties. My path led from a childhood in Mill Hill in North London to six schools here and there, two universities, and about a dozen jobs, from two families similar in some ways, very different in others, a journey in which I was set on the road by some men, nearly derailed by others. It led from far further back and was to lead far further forward than that explosive sixties moment. And even if, at the time, it seemed the exact opposite, I now realise I've had good luck almost all the way.